are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Monday show for you. We're going to talk about the ratings for the Golden Bachelor. They are in, and they are really, really good. We're going to also talk about the challenge, which I didn't watch until this past weekend. Survivor completely left a major twist out of the first episode. We'll, we, we will talk about that. Big Brother last night. Things are starting to get interesting. Kind of coincides with my conversation last week with Taryn Armstrong. And then we're going to talk more Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, last night, New York City. I can't get enough of this story. Shocking, I know. But I honestly can't get enough of it. And we will talk about all that momentarily. So let's begin talking about where we're at in Joey's season. We are in episode four or filming the episode, assuming that all episodes end with a rose ceremony. They would be in the episode where they would film the rose ceremony number four at the end of this week. I don't know where they are yet, but I think I'm getting close to finding out where they are. They have left United. I mean, they, they have left the mansion. They have left California. And I do believe they are over. They are outside of the United States, but I just don't know quite yet where they are. So I will keep you updated on anything I hear. Obviously, if any videos or pictures come in, I will certainly share that as well. But we are about two weeks away from being at hometown dates. Joey should be down to about. Mm, What's the number? About 12? Usually they travel. Usually when travel starts in episode four, they're at about 15. So I'm guessing that's probably where they're at right now. They're probably at about 15 uh, that traveled. Because we don't know how many he started with and how many were eliminated on the first episode. And for sure, there's obviously social media activity, quote unquote, that leads to people to believe that some people are home. And it very well could be the case. However, I'll say it every season, social media activity is never a 100% indicator because we just don't know which women have someone else controlling their social media while they're gone. They might have nobody, and they might be gone, and they might be doing stuff behind the scenes that's fluctuating their numbers. However, just because somebody's follower count went up by two or three or down by two or three, to me, not enough of an indicator to say 100% this person is home. So we'll get all that before the end of the season. The biggest thing is finding out where they are right now and who's left, and hopefully I'll get that in the next few days. But the biggest story in Bachelor Nation right now is the Golden Bachelor, and Maybe it's because of the promotion the show did for it. I mean, how much on their social media channels and in and around Los Angeles and seeing, you know, food trucks and billboards and come meet Gary, all this stuff. It certainly helped. I think the novel concept of it also helped as well because we have just never seen anything like this. But did you see... The numbers for the premiere, 4.3 million viewers at the premiere. Do you realize we haven't had a premiere draw that many viewers since Matt James' season of The Bachelor? 
And I'm not just talking about Bachelor. I'm talking about Bachelor, Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise. The first episodes of every single one of those shows since Matt James' season drew less than what Gary did. Really bad point for Bachelor in Paradise is Gary drew 4.3 million viewers and Bachelor in Paradise started, you know, 9, 8 central, and it drew half that. So the interesting thing will be 4.3 million for the premiere for Gary. Is there going to be an increase? Is it going to be steady right around the 4 million range for every, you know, hour on Thursday night? And then come finale night, people are going to want to tune in to see who he chose. And then we get a bump in the finale, which every single Bachelor and Bachelorette show, usually the finale draws the most because people want to tune in. Even if they didn't really care to watch during the season, they want to see who was picked in the end. So this one certainly could play out that way. Let's see how it plays out. Let's see if it goes from 4.3 in episode one and then maybe, you know, 4.1 in episode two and 4.0 in episode three and then maybe dips under four during the middle of the season but then picks up in the last three episodes, like six, seven, and eight, because we're down to fewer women. People want to see how it plays out, see who he picks. So just keep that in mind. But, wow, I mean, you're talking Gary's first episode drew more than Clayton's. It drew more than Zach's. It drew more than, oh, gosh, Bachelor Data. I wish you would have. Uh, <laughs> it's probably in here somewhere, but, um eh. I'm uh, I'm looking at her post. If you want to go check it out, it go to go to Bachelor Data on Instagram. Uh, but I do think the marketing for this definitely played a major major role because they haven't promoted, they didn't promote Clayton's season like Gary. They didn't promote Zach's season like Gary. They didn't promote promote Katie or Michelle's season like Gary or Gabby and Rachel. Those are the ones as well that did not first episode did not draw as much as Gary did. So. It could be that. It could also be that it's only an hour. You know, if this was a two-hour show, maybe that first hour draws more than the second hour, and when you average the two together, it brings the overall viewership down. We don't know. The overall novelty of it and the fact that it's new could possibly be it. It's gotten a lot of positive reviews, that's for sure. So word of mouth seems to be that people are going to tune in to this show. I don't expect it to keep up and keep growing every episode. I do expect it to hit a lull. But when you're talking about this show, a lull isn't, oh, we drew 4.3 million for the first episode, and in episode four, we're down to 3.8. That's not really much of a lull. If this show drops 25% of its audience, 35, 40% of its audience during the middle episodes, then you'll say, okay, people tune in to see what it was all about. And now they don't care. But I don't really see it dropping that much. I see it remaining pretty steady. Because it's an hour show, I think that certainly helps. But Bachelor in Paradise, I know it's a Thursday night. And I know it's two hours long. And obviously that second hour on the East Coast is from 10 to 11. There's might people that are just watching it later on the weekend. Especially on a Thursday, be like, oh, I'll just watch Paradise over the weekend. But... To draw half of the audience that The Golden Bachelor did, that is not a good start for Bachelor in Paradise. And, you know, like I said, and, and this is this is no shot at Kylie, this is no shot at Will, and this is no shot at Olivia L., but 
most of the first episode drama was surrounding people that most fans of this show, the casual fan of this show, had no recollection of from their seasons, nor were they invested in them at all. If I asked you what season was Kylie on, to the average viewer, 95% of them don't know. If I asked you what season was Will on, 95% of the audience doesn't know. And if I asked you how far did Olivia L. get on her season, most people don't know. So that's what was interesting to me. Yes, you had your Blake Moynes and you had your Rachel Reckias and you had a lot of Zach's women and you had a lot of uh, Charities men there. I get it. We get that every season. But they focused so much attention to this Will, Olivia, Kylie storyline that it was kind of surprising. And we all know that Kylie is with Avon post-show. Hell, even in the first episode, as much as she was saying she was into Will, we all know that in Kylie's mind, if we put ourselves back to June when this filmed, and we put ourselves in Kylie's mind back to June when this filmed, no matter what she said in those first two days down in Mexico, she knew she was waiting for Avon to show up. Will was a placeholder for her. Let's be honest. I don't think she's even hiding it. She even said, I couldn't wait for Avon to show up. He liked a lot of my pictures. He sent me a fire emoji. Okay, that just means that she was waiting for Avon the whole time, and anything she did with Will was just to secure herself a rose. And there's nothing wrong with that, because I don't think she treated Will badly, but maybe when Will watches the episode back, he had no idea what she was saying to the cameras about I've been waiting for Avon to show up and I can't wait to meet him. Maybe he sees it differently now, but I'm sure he's over it because it is now the month of October and this was filmed in June. This podcast brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every st- lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. It's the number one meal kit for eating clean with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. Feel your best with nutritionist-approved recipes, including calorie-smart meals, under 650 calories, protein-packed meals with at least 40 grams of protein on average per serving, science-backed Mediterranean recipes, and flavorful plant-rich vegan and vegetarian meals featuring certified organic whole fruits and vegetables, good-for-you grains, and plant-based proteins. You know me, guys. I don't cook, but I've been trying to increase my protein intake as I've been doing more gym work, and I've been told that low-calorie, high-protein diet, and that's what I'm getting with these, especially the crispy southern chicken, which is one of my favorite meals. It takes me under 30 minutes to make. It's less than 1,000 calories, and it's really good. It's got mashed potatoes and green beans with a tomato, and it's fried. It's chicken, but it's crispy. It's not fried. It's just crispy. You got to like it. You got to love it. Anyway, I have a new code for you. You've heard a code that I've given out a lot when I've um, been promoting Green Chef. We've got a new code now. So go listen to this. And if you don't remember, all you got to do is go to the episode description for uh, any episode that Green Chef sponsors. Click on Green Chef. It'll bring you right to the landing page. But go to greenchef.com slash 60realitysteve. That means the number comes first. 60, the number, Reality Steve, and use code 60 Reality Steve to get 60% off 
plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash 60realitysteve and use code 60realitysteve to get 60% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. So I finally got around to watching the challenge from this past Thursday night because so much going on on Thursday nights now. I'm not getting to the challenge till the weekends. It's just the way it is. And what I'm going to say is <laughs> as much as this show tries, we're headed for another all vet final. Maybe you'll get uh, somebody who isn't as experienced, but you know, look who's still there. Bananas is still there. Fessy's still there. Josh is still there. Tori's still there. Yes, you've got that group of women from Survivor that are doing really well, and they will probably get at least one or two, maybe even three of them, get to the finals. But on the men's side, man, they can try all they want, but <laughs> vets are going to always get far in this game. It's probably why in the next season on MTV you have all people that haven't won, and we're going to crown a new winner on that season, which kind of gives away at least one person's game from this season. We all know Michelle Fitzgerald doesn't win this season of the Challenge USA because she's on the MTV season coming up, I believe, in October. So we all know she doesn't win. Anyone else, fair game. Um, I think it's going to be a really, really interesting final. I think the final's coming up soon. i got to think in the next couple weeks. We don't know how they're going to run it, how they're going to do it, if it's going to last two hours, whatever the case may be. But, yeah, they just try every season to try and, okay, let's let's uh, let's have the vets be outnumbered. So if the rookies really want to team up or they can and, and take out the vets, and they, and they didn't. You know, there were only what? There were 16 people who showed up on the show, and then eight vets showed up. And yet still... So many of the vets are still, so many of those eight vets are still kind of standing. And yes, I, I understand that Josh and Fessy weren't part of the eight that showed up, but they're basically considered vets. So who is it? Just Bananas and Tori? See, Wes is gone and um, Amanda's gone. I'm just, I'm totally blanking. But maybe there aren't a ton of vets left, but. The the familiar names are still left on this show. I can't wait to see how it plays out because I'm really invested in this season of the challenge. And props out to Chris Underwood because that guy has been public enemy number one for quite a few episodes right now, and he keeps saving his own ass in the arena. And I'm assuming he's going to get thrown in again on the next one. He either has to hope that one of the random balls in the hopper doesn't pick his name or he goes in there and he has to win again against a solid veteran. But man, that guy's really done well for himself and all the credit to him. Did you see this story about survivor? So on the premiere episode, 90 minute episode, there was a whole twist that was never shown. And the twist was the winning team at Immunity, got to send one of their players back to the Lulu camp, the team that lost and was going to Tribal Council, to observe their whole camp, go to their Tribal Council, I believe, go to, yeah, go to Tribal Council and place a vote. Like, they were there 
to place a vote, unless they placed the vote beforehand and then they didn't, didn't get to sit at tribal council. All I know is that Kendra got to go back and observe the Lulu tribe and place a vote. Now, I don't know if she placed it at camp and it was just brought up, but apparently the whole thing was scrapped because of what happened with Hannah. Hannah ended up quitting. That was her name, right? Hannah? She ended up quitting. So none of it was shown. But if you listen to Jeff Probe's podcast and you listen to Hannah's exit interview with Dalton Ross, it was brought up there. So this isn't like hearsay or rumblings are. No, this is what happened. They just cut it out of the final edit because... There was not a vote that took place, so why show all this stuff that Kendra did and show where she voted? She voted for Brandon, but none of it was shown because of the way the episode ended where Hannah just said, I'm done. I quit. Big Brother last night was, I mean, Cameron, man, <laughs> when I interviewed Taryn Armstrong last week, I Cameron was on my list of guys that I didn't see any way that they could win. And now it seems like he's got a good chance. Now, a lot of it would depend on who he's sitting next to. If he's sitting next to Matt, I don't think he wins. If he's sitting next to Jag, does he win? Very possible. If he's sitting next to Corey, does he win? Possible. It might be the only person that Matt that Cameron can't beat is Matt. But the guy is living nine lives on this show. Every time he's been up for nomination, he's been able to avoid the vote of getting voted out. He was literally voted out of the game eight to nothing and then won his way back in and then immediately wins HOH this week. Puts up Felicia and Mimi. Mimi is the pawn. He wants Felicia gone. If Felicia doesn't win power veto, my guess is she probably is gone. And here is Sari just <laughs> skating around, never being put up for nomination. Nobody has a bad word to say about her. That's probably the only two people that Cameron can't beat now that I think about it, sitting next to in the final. If Cameron's sitting next to Matt, he loses. If Cameron is sitting next to Sari, he loses. Anyone else, I think he beats. But I could be way off because I'm not a live feeder this season. But keep that in mind. Also, tonight, Special Forces, Episode 2. It is intense. Another ridiculous obstacle that these people have to go through. Actually, two different. I don't know. What what do they call them on this show? They're not comps. Exer they're certainly not exercises. That sounds a little too light and airy for what these people are doing. But... Very intense tonight. Two different things that they have to do. And it's starting to have an effect on some of the people. The cold, the intensity of these challenges that they have to either pass or fail on. It's starting to get to some people. Watch it tonight. It's on Fox. Check it out. Really good episode. We will talk about it tomorrow. And finally, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I mean, the fact the game was in New York, you knew she wasn't going to pass it up. Next week, I believe 
yeah, next week the Chiefs play at the Minnesota Vikings. Let's see if she goes to Minnesota. She has all of October off. We told you her schedule. She has three weeks in November in Argentina and Brazil, and that's it. So she won't be attending any games in November, and then she's off all of December and all of January. So let's see how many more games she attends. I hope she attends every single one of them. I can't get enough of how little these announcers really know about her, and you know they're just being told to say certain things. I love them trying to make puns about her songs when they really have no idea about them. It's all hilarious to me. Now these sweet appearances that she does are incorporating other people in the celebrity world. Last night you had Hugh Jackman, Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds, Sabrina Carpenter, Sophie Turner, and oh yeah, you also had Blake Lively's half-sister, Robin Lively, who we all know from Karate Kid 3, where she basically friend-zoned Daniel and said, no, I don't want any part of dating you. You're a dork. I want to go back to my ex-boyfriend who literally cheated on me. (laughs) I'm going to go back to Ohio and date him. I don't want to date you, you dork. But... (laughs) As some of you told me last night, you know Robin Lively as Teen Witch. Don't know, don't care. She is Jessica Andrews from Ohio, whose boyfriend cheated on her, and she went out with Daniel because she felt sorry for the guy and his mom jeans and sweaters that he used to wear during the episode during the movie. That's it. She makes a really mean macaroni and cheese that Karate's bad boy Mike Barnes kicked into her stomach just go watch the movie it's awesome (laughs) anyway i can't get enough of travis kelsey and taylor swift stories not that i think that there's some love story i i've told you numerous times this is just going to be a a thing where they're having fun and dating and they're both you know big time celebrities and they're having fun with it i'm cool with all that i'm not reading into anything i don't care if i see a picture of her arm around him at you know, the social house or whatever it was called in Kansas city last weekend, like big deal. Um, they are just entered. It's just entertaining to me as somebody who's a giant sports fan to see that my, one of my favorites, if not my top favorite female artist almost ever is involved with somebody in the sporting world. And everyone in the sporting world is now having to cover it. And just you can hear some people who are very clueless give takes on Taylor and her life and what they think about all of it. And some people are getting like really bothered and really angry by it and all worked up because she's getting so much coverage. And, oh, my God, why don't they stop talking about this? If your take is why don't these shows stop talking about this, then you don't understand the media at all, at all. You bet your ass they're going to talk about it, and they're going to talk about it more and more and more. They're never going to ignore this. You know why? Because they'd be idiots not to. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review uh, if you can. The Sports Daily is going to be up in an hour from now. We go over my weekend in college and pro football. A horrible, horrible weekend in college football. Did well in the pros, though. Also, um, like I said, I'll keep you updated on anything going on on Joey's season as we move forward. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!